This is episode six. Episode six. Wow. <laughs> episode six of Africa as we know it. Um, I'm Gerald uh, here again, of course, as always, with my sidekick Abe. You know, here to uh, to recap the week in in Africa, stories that we came across. You know, just uh, when we're browsing the web, listening to the news, just uh, interesting stories coming out from the African continent that we. We just uh, want to talk about, um, and uh, I'm explained like on the first episode how we do this podcast. Uh, so we do this on Skype, you know. Sometimes we do it on the phone, you know, but most of the time it's on Skype. So, you know, as we've talked about on many occasions, Abe is in uh, Washington D.C. I'm here in New York City, and uh, on Sundays. Sunday afternoons, twelve noon, we get together on Skype and we just we just talk because that's what we do. We've been we've been doing this for three four years, you know, and uh, it's a major interest of us, of ours, and uh, and I think it fits in with our professional backgrounds. You know, we are both students and uh, of, of of Africa. We love the continent and uh, we pay attention to every and anything, and we. Do not discriminate. You know, even though we're both from West Africa, you know, trust me, any story that comes out in Africa, whether it's Southern Africa, Eastern, um, Northern Africa, we are, yeah, we are on it. So, on it, yes, sir. Yeah. So, welcome, welcome to um, episode six, um, and oh, and it's Father's Day today. Indeed, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all um, the dads out there. And uh, on this day, I'm especially thinking about my dad, who's in Ghana, you know, who was just an excellent role model. He's a world-class gentleman. And Abe, if, if you think I'm kind, I know you always tell me, like, I'm so nice, I'm so kind. If you think I'm kind, you need to meet my dad. You know, he will, he will blow, you know, he, he'll blow your mind. He will take off, you know, his, his, his shirt, give to you, and, and go shirtless. That's the kind of person he is. You know, so I'm thinking about my dad. Happy Father's Day to my dad and also to my brother. You know, my oldest brother, Anthony. Happy Father's Day to you. Um, he's such a wonderful, wonderful guy. Exceptional, exceptional father. Father to his kids, father to his siblings, father to, you know, everyone out there. You know, so um, I really pray um, and believe all his dreams will come through. And also my, my second brother, George, he doesn't have any kids of his own yet. But I consider him a second father to all his nieces and nephews. Um, so happy Father's Day to you too. And Abe, of course, my sidekick. Happy Father's Day to you, father of three beautiful, amazingly intelligent children. Uh, <laughs> you know, your, your kids, yeah, your, your kids, your kids are wonderful. So um, yeah, over to you. Who do you want to send out any Happy Father's Day wishes to? You know, yeah. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And uh, you know, there's a saying. Uh, I, I don't know, we could call it African, you know, uh-huh. like, it doesn't matter how far you've gone, you know, in whatever it is you're doing, you know, someone was already there, mm. Yeah. you know, <laughs> so this story of self-help, help, self-made man mm-hmm. is not true, because if you're, you know, if you say, oh, I'm a self-made man, you basically ignore your father. You basically take out all the school teacher, your brother, your sister, all, all the people who have surrounded you. 
from your infancy to uh, to becoming what you are today. So basically, I brought that up to say you and I, and we know that we could not have made it without the support and uh, the encouragement of our parents. Yeah. You know, the dads, the moms, the brothers. You know, they, who have always been there for us. So yes, and it kind of when when you said that, you know, like your dad is one of the kindest men and mm-hmm. ever meet, and 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 it's it, it actually resonated with me too. Wow! I just that's why you and I we are we we are, it's, it's like almost like these are we're two brothers, you know. <laughs> you're right, my dad. Oh, seriously, <laughs> that never met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I and and this true story in the village where I grew up, uh-huh. people know if. People who don't have food to eat, the first person they will come to is my dad. Wow! You know, he will take our last, you know, millet and give it to someone. He said, "Always God will provide." <laughs> and my mom was just sometimes she would just look. I'm like, he's crazy. <laughs> 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 but that's the kind of man he is. Wow! You know? I, I I mean it. This is a true story. You know, like uh-huh. even. Every time I, t- I talk to him, like a couple of days ago, he's like, "How are you doing?" And all that. I say, "You know, I'm doing fine." You know, like we're getting ready for a big move. He said, "Okay." Oh, oh I, I will pray that. You know, in Hausa they say "Allah Rika," which means "May God protect that job for you." You know. Mm, okay. You know, I say I no detail or anything. I just told him I'm making a big move. <laughs> so, so happy Father's Day to your dad. Happy Father's Day to my dad. And I want to give a shout out to some of my friends who have been listening to our podcast. Mm. You know, uh, I have my boss who I send it to him all the time. Uh, his name is Minor Perez. He has a little daughter uh, named Maddie and an excellent father, an, ex- an excellent boss, an excellent friend, but above all, an excellent father. Nice. So, and that's, that's the type of person he is. And my friend Samela, who lives in Arizona, actually, he just sent me a a message wishing me happy first day and thank you and I sent him back and that's how, how it's always been so he's old with three children also in the mountains enjoying time <laughs> so, Amela minor happy first day a bunch of friends out there you know yeah, yeah I don't wanna you know that I don't uh, I haven't mentioned so and happy first day to your brother you know, he's the one who lives in. They are all here in New York, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all live in New York, yeah. So yeah, one day I'm gonna meet you. You know, don't don't think you can run away from me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're here. We're here. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We're all here. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. All right. That's awesome. So now let's let's get back to that. Let's get back to today's episode, and uh, you know, I want us to talk about this issue. Uh, this past Tuesday, um, 13th of June, um, it was International. Albinism Awareness Day, and for those of you that are not familiar with what albinism is, um, it's a uh, congenital disorder that results in uh, little or no production of pigment in the skin, you know, hair and eyes. You know, so um, you may notice that um, they usually refer to as albinos. Um, they have light skin, you know, changes in skin color. You know, their hair is very white to brown. Um, they have light blue to brown eyes. You know, the the color in the eyes may appear red in some light, right? And uh, and then it changes with age. And there are also 
um, very sensitive to to sun exposure and they have a whole other host of um, um, health issues you know and unfortunately um, people with this um, with this uh, um, health issue or disorder you know they may face multiple you know forms of discrimination all over the world and most notably in Africa Africa, yes. you know and uh, they tend to be the subject of of superstitious beliefs you know sometimes involved in ritual um, killings you know their limbs are cut off used in rituals you know for all sorts of like uh, you know superstitious beliefs you know and unfortunately you know their security um, is at constant risk you know so this this past week was international albinism um, day and um, our awareness day and it's a you know it's to me it's a growing issue it's unfortunate um, situation um, there's a lot of cases of of um, albinos being attacked in Tanzania you know and uh, so there have been situations in Cameroon also in West Africa other places you know and I just wanted us to take a moment to you know to highlight this you know this this issue you know um, talk about it a little bit more and you know I'll be between you and I just think about any possible solutions you know that could be um, that could be used to you know to tackle this issue you know against the segment of the population So, uh, yeah, and uh, if I may add, yeah. one, one, one famous albino, if you will, who has made it into the artistic world is the giant of Malian music, Salif Keita. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So, I'm sure, you know, all of us probably grew up around his music back in the days, and he continued to, you know, to do, to, to he has an enormous influence on, on world music. Yeah. Yes, and uh, this is definitely an erroneous belief people have about albinism yeah. because they understand they misunderstand the, the the medical and physical condition associated with it. That's right. That's right. They may not have the the normal skin we do have, but they are also human beings who just have a medical condition. And 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 if you take the issue, is not just Tanzania. Malawi has dealt with oh, the yeah. same. You know, Cameroon, they deal with the same issues. And uh, so today we just want to call our brother and sister that, you know, accept these people as they are, you know, give them the support they need. They're human beings just like everybody else. Yeah. And, and, and just to just to add to that, you know, like, like how do how do you change some of these beliefs? Because, you know, these beliefs have been in existence for hundreds of years. You know, and they just keep getting passed on from generation, you know, to generation, you know. So I, I almost feel that, I mean, like the fact that it's even being recognized, you know, and given a, a day where each year, you know, there's awareness that's put on this issue. To me, I feel that's the beginning. You know, that's that that's a good start, you know, to, you know, to counter these, you know, these thoughts, these these beliefs. But I think even even like what needs to be done more like on a local level is i guess government has to get involved there has to be more of an education you know an education about about the reasons like you talked about like we understand that okay so fine it's a genetic you know disorder you know your skin is lighter than everybody else you know but the the forum has to be created where 
these issues I discussed on a local, you know, village level, you know, for people to really understand, you know, what's going on because it's, you know, it's, it's quite unfortunate that these views have, have stayed on all these years, you know, and it continues, you know, to be, to be a major issue, you know, yep. so, so definitely, definitely there has to be increased awareness, you know, on this, on this issue. And, uh, you know, and I want to, I want to say major thanks to a New York based, um, um, NGO. It's a New York based charity. Um, it's called the Global Medical Relief Fund. And, um, you said what? Global? Global Medical Relief Fund okay. based in New York. And, uh, you know, what they've done is they brought in some kids, um, albino kids from Tanzania that had been, you know, they had some limbs hacked off and all of that. So they brought them, you know, to the to the U.S., took them to a children's hospital in Philadelphia and had them fitted with prosthetic limbs, you know. So that act alone changes lives, you know. So so yes. so this this NGO deserves deserves credit. So I just wanted to highlight the, the accomplishments and uh, we're going to put a link to you know, their website on our blog, you know, for anyone out there, you know, to check out, you know, and, uh, you know, we just have to, in our own way, you know, whether it's, you know, contributing, you know, to the work of charities like this, you know, so that, you know, they can go out there and also participate in, in whatever activity that they are doing, you know, we all need to lend a hand, you know, because, you know, it, it is just, it's just wrong, you know, it's just wrong, so... Yes, you're right. And and to draw kind of a sort of similarity, you know, if uh, government in Africa needs to take an active role in this, you know, because if we can, if we can, if we can fight against poaching elephants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, against, uh, uh, you know, deforestation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. obviously this is, this, this is, this is almost equally, if not more important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but but, but it's interesting because even you you mentioned animal poaching, but you realize that anytime the international community gets involved in something, then it galvanizes everyone, and then all of a yes. sudden, you know. So that's yep. so that's you know so that, that's that's a very 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 good point. It's like, you know, that that means there has to be more awareness around this issue, and the more international exposure it keeps getting, you know. Um, you go, you're going to see more action. So it, it, it falls on people like me and you to keep um, just making noise, you know, yes. about if, <laughs> to, 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 you know, to, to put it, you know, to put it lightly, you know, make noise and, uh, and, and continue to talk about some of these issues, you know, yes. and then hopefully, hopefully greater awareness will be, you know, will, will develop out of, you know, out of our efforts. Yes. So to all the albinos out there, stay strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We we are looking out for you. We're looking out for you. We're gonna keep, you know, drumming, you know, and harping on this issue, you know, for 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 as long as we have this podcast, you know. So so that was that was that was that was one thing that caught my eye this week. So uh, yeah, and kudos to 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 the UN too. The UN has been on the forefront of, about this. You yeah. know. I passed a bunch of uh, resolutions and uh, protecting the right of the albinos. So yeah, so that's that's really a good a good move. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely, definitely. And let's 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 uh, switch it up a little bit and head to our Libya. Let's talk about Libya. Um, Abe, you 
you told me about this earlier this week, you know, about the efforts that are being made to rescue some African migrants that are being held for ransom um, in, in Libya, you know, and uh, I'll give you the chance to, to describe it, you know, because... Yes, uh, so uh, a little bit of background. Libya is a mess. Yeah. Back in the days, right, like when uh, Gaddafi, regardless of what you think of him, you know, as a, as a leader, when he was president, a lot of sub-Saharan Africa would love, love to go to Libya to make money because that's where the money is. And they did not have a lot of the problems we face them today. But today, we see after the fall of uh, Gaddafi, you know, and uh, the, the, the civil war that has ensued, as a result, many people are fearful of even venturing to Libya or staying to Libya. There's been, uh, you know, people have been, people have been, you know, you have a bunch of militia controlling different part of the countries, and most of these militia they are not like legal, regular armies, right? They're just a bunch of people fighting, you know. Guns are rampant everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so now, today, what they're doing, because a lot of people don't have a source of uh, income, some of these militias have resorted to kidnapping people, yeah. especially from Sub Saharan Africa, and uh, holding them for ransom. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a new tactic. It's a way to get money. And the, one of the most interesting things, okay, I'm going to read this for you. Yeah. Criminal gangs demand that family pay ransom of about $8,000 or more for the release of their loved one. This is, I'm quoting someone hmm. who has gone through this. He How said, much? $8,000? $8,000. Oh my goodness. US. He said the family sell their livestock and other assets to meet these demands. Hmm. Okay? And another, another one said, if you earn money, the boys meaning the armed man, catch you, beat you, and put you in prison. Not a normal prison, but a private one. So they basically set up prison, you know, like makeshift prison, yeah. when they catch these people. They know they earn the money. They just put them there, and then the torture started. Mm-hmm. Starving, and they say, okay, give us the number of your, your family back, and either, you know, it could be Niger, Ghana, Togo, Mali, and we're gonna try to escort, uh, uh, you know, extort money from them. Yeah. So he said, they call your parents and you have to tell them, send me the money or they will kill me. The money, and this always gets interesting. Yeah. The money is picked up in the home country mm-hmm. by an intermediary, right? Yeah. Who gives the green light to free the captive. And this is how they, this is how they operate. Then he said, then through various murky channels, the money is transferred back to Libya. So basically, these people have people out there. They have channels in those countries. Yeah. Right? Who are there to collect the money for them. So they will capture a person in Libya. Then they will get his information, his family information. But they already have an intermediary person in, in, in the home country. Of yeah, this yeah. That's where the money go to. So it's a very, very dangerous. It's it's basically what what do you call it? It's a it's a network of gangs. Yeah, yeah. So no, and just to you know, of course, just to add to what you're saying, 
you know like just i was just listening to you talk and in my head i was just thinking about about the arab spring mm-hmm. you know and and you know like what it was meant you know to to represent mm-hmm. you know like when it started happening you're like oh we're going to have a, a new um new middle east new, you know the, the, those autocratic leaders that you know where you know in, whether it was tunisia or egypt or or in this case libya you know we're going to get they're all going to be overthrown and it's going to be you know the introduction of democratic democracy and yeah. all of that and you see what's going on you know in libya today and it's 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 unbelievable it's unbelievable. it's unbelievable and and then you know then you realize you know so what was the arab spring all about and and was it was it was it a success you know was it a success story and you look at libya like the, just what you've described uh-huh. let's just listen just what you've described right now the lawlessness you know the fact that certain parts of the country you know belong to or are ruled by certain militias there's no real central government authority you know that you have isis in there you have different ragtag armies and militias over there you know and and of course in that environment you're going to have situations like this flourish you know that's why you have african migrants being held for ransom everybody's trying to find a way to make a profit to make profit yes to make a profit you know so so you know some of these major like when these things are happening and people start talking about a wave you have a wave of revolt and there's going to be a wave of change going through and you know like how even they talk about brexit and oh we're going to have a brexit you're going to have a frexit you're going to have a this you're going to have a that you know yeah. and you realize that it's one know, of those things be careful what you wish for oh right? definitely definitely <laughs> definitely definitely then then now you know we're, we're stuck with a situation where the country is more dangerous than it was under Gaddafi not to say Gaddafi was good you know but then you have a situation in which you know there's a lot of potential for upheaval in the region not just affecting you know Libya but affecting the region and then you have sub-saharan africa getting caught up in in these types of of situations yeah. also yeah so that's true i mean you know like when this arab spring if i'm an when when it came up you know we all bought into this rhetoric of oh now we got it's going to usher a new middle east a new libya a new this yeah and some of us here are, we're kind of wishing, oh, we wish something like this could happen in certain African countries. Oh, I remember that. I remember that discussion. But now, yeah. you think about it, no, I don't want this stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To be honest, you know, we made comment and then in retrospect, we look at it and then you're like, uh, it doesn't look good anymore, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, you don't want this type of chaos, you know? No, it's true. It's true. And also just in another, like in a related development and I'm sure you noticed, you, you saw this story, um, Gaddafi's son, Saif. Saif, yes. Saif was rescued from, from prison. In, by a militia. By a militia. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, no one really knows where he, where he is now. Mm-hmm. Like, we, you know, everybody's like, oh, where is Saif? And they know that he's been, he's been rescued by a militia. What does that mean? You know, is, 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 are they going to try and, and gain power? Like, what is the whole story behind this? So... So Libya, Libya continues to be one of those places where um, a lot of attention needs to be, you know, to, needs to be put on, you know, because, yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of chaos going on in there, you know, wh- wh- you know, wh- which can complicate and destabilize, you know, destabilize the whole region. Uh-huh. 
and, and one thing, one, one article that I, I, I read about, you know, the ICC, the International Criminal Court, has already put, like, an article saying that they want, they want his arrest, you know, so he can be transferred to The Hague. Okay. okay. And, okay, think about that. You know, if you arrest this guy, you know, if you have a militia who's strong enough to come into a prison controlled by whatever government and take out this guy, and free him if you arrest him send him to the ICC then what do you think well it's, it's just gonna be more chaos to me yeah and in a sense they need to be smart about it you know okay yes Saif and his his other brother who was killed were bad people yeah now I think any everything needs to be on the table in order to to solve a lot of problems in, in Libya definitely definitely you know, it's almost like that shadow of Gaddafi from the grave yeah looking over you know yeah you know and it, and it makes me sorry not to cut you off but it makes me wonder about you know countries like libya and countries like syria like are we ever going to have like a libya as it was like country united yeah. you know or you know is it just going to be a fragment or you take syria for instance you know we, it's such a divided you know, um, country right now with people for Assad on one side and you have rebels and you have all militias and you have terrorist groups and, you know, like it makes you wonder, like some of these, you know, it's almost like, you know, maybe in, in a few years you may have new borders, new borders, new countries, you know, countries split in half and, and uh, it's, 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 quite, it's quite remarkable to think about like how, you know, the, you know, the, the overthrow or the death of someone like Gaddafi can contribute to all these issues and not to say it wouldn't have happened if he was still around because some of these issues were boiling already they were, they were boiling but because of his his strongman tactics he was able to keep a lid on it to an extent it's just like saddam in in in, in iraq you know you're able you know to because of your the tactics that you use you're able to keep the lid on you know but not to say that the issues were not simmering beneath you know, so, you know, it makes me wonder how, 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 in let's say 10 years from now, how will Libya look like? You yeah. Know, it, yeah. It, it's, uh, and who knows? Because, I mean, at some point, you know, those who went, like the country who have taken the lead into the overthrow, at some point they're gonna, they're gonna give up. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because, I mean, like, you cannot be in a perpetual state of war. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, no country can afford it. And in the case of the U.S. is a case in point. I mean, we've been in Iraq for a long time. And finally, they're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You just move. Start thinking this strategy, you gotta, right? You got to you gotta move on. Yeah, you got to move on. So, I mean, that's 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 the same that's the same thing that's going to happen. And yeah. in the end, you're going to have a divided, split country. You know, a lot of killing. So, I mean, I you know, hopefully, you know, things will get better. Yeah. But, like this will keep happening. So. Yeah, yeah. No, we continue to keep an eye on that because that 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 is some fascinating stuff. And uh, let's let's move on, you know, Ibrahim, to um, to Lesotho, um, a story that I saw this week, which you know it's uh, it's it's, it's rather strange. Um, so Lesotho has a new prime minister. Um, his name is um, Thomas Tabani, uh-huh. and he he just um, he just got elected, I think, about two weeks ago. And his um, inauguration was scheduled to happen, I believe, this, this weekend, either yesterday, Saturday or Friday. Um, 
But then two days before his inauguration, his wife um, was shot and killed. You know, so so there were doubts as to whether the inauguration would 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 uh would take place. And and first of all, you know, they were trying to understand um, such a brazen attack, you know, on the wife. I mean, the additional reports that I've read, they were saying that that's his estranged wife. So they've been living separately, you know, for some time. But regardless, you know, the timing of of this, you know, assassination, if you will, you know, to happen right before his he was inaugurated, um, is 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 quite. Uh, it's quite quite disturbing and you know they are investigating right now police don't have any leads you know as to who may have been involved or what the motive was you know so it's just one of those on those situations but the inauguration went on as planned um and um apparently he had other wives you know so so he showed up to the inauguration with one of his other wives you know i guess in southern africa you can do that you know so he has um you know the other wives that he showed up with at his inauguration ceremony but it was um i guess it, it was a, a bit of a scare you know in the in the country the a little bit of hysteria as to you know the background of of this you know of this of this uh, of this killing you know such a high profile you know killing so um rather unfortunate situation but i just wanted to highlight that um highlight that case you know one of those mystery mystery who who did it you know situations you know yeah. like what, so he's, he's already remarried apparently right apparent yeah yeah i mean i don't know whether he you know he he um, had multiple wives before yeah. or he you know you know certain cultures in southern africa that i mean jake zuma yeah, that, in, in south africa how many wives does he have like three or four knows that guy has probably eating you know? <laughs> i know i know so i think i think i think in some cultures in in south southern africa you know it's you you can you can marry multiple at the same time and you know and it's fine so no so um it's just it's just one of those situations like you know that type of violence it's it, it's um like gun violence to target the wife of the new prime minister it's 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 kind of strange it's kind of strange so any updates that come out yeah. of this story which, which make you question you know her security details if she has some. if she had exactly if she if she had some like you know um you know it's 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 looking like a, a potential scandal <laughs> yeah yes. so so you know though the, the more, more more will come out of this you know so we'll just uh you know we'll just keep an eye you know on, the, on this story you know just i, I just i just found it rather strange that this happened this happened so so that was that was Lesotho caught my eye and uh I know Abe I know you put you put you put some other other interesting stories you mentioned um elections in Rwanda you know with uh yes with with Kagame and uh, you know if you can just talk about that in just two minutes you know we're almost out of time you know but just talk about President Kagame standing for um upcoming elections in in Rwanda so yeah, I mean, really, I mean, are you surprised, Gerald? <laughs> 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 no one should be surprised about that, no, right? No, no, with, with the... Pres- I just thought, pres- you know, it, it will be interesting to just put it out no, there. No, that's fine. President Kagame, not, there's nothing that he does that can surprise you. you yes, know, uh, so this mean, I mean, where, where it gets interesting, even though, I mean, he said, okay, he, the party called me to stand, I will stand, I'll be with you. But he also said, okay, people, right after the genocide. Yeah. So... 
So basically, what this what this election will give him is another seven years term. Yeah. And after that, he can actually run for another one if he wants to, which could, could keep him in power until twenty thirty four. So that's what that's what, like seventeen years from now. Yeah. He can stay in power seventeen years from now. After like all the other twenty, he's already done twenty plus. He's already done right. That's right. So. So he will be, if he stay that long, he will be among, you know, <laughs> the, the oldest ruling president in Africa. So we're not surprised about that. It's, it's just interesting. It's something to keep an eye. That's right. That's eye right. So. Hmm. That's interesting. And, and the thing about President Kagame, man, that always um, gets me torn, you know, is the fact that if you... If you look at statistics and, you know, if you read reports about how well Rwanda is doing in terms of its economy, mm-hmm. it's in terms of, you know, its tourism sector and, and just, just hospitality in general, you know, you realize that, you know, and not to mention IT and cyber and... It's, the, it's one of the biggest high, high tech ups in Exactly, Africa. exactly. So it, it, it's really... It's really a, a what do you call it a conflict, you know? Because on one on one end, I'm like, okay, fine. This guy has been in power for such a long time um, since the '90s after the the conflict, um, the the genocide and all of that. He's been around since, since that time, you know. But then then you see the strides that are being made, you know, um, with the, with the economy and other sectors, and and then. You know, it's one of those things. You know, is it? Is it? Do we cut cut him some slack because you know yeah. things are going no. so well, or like what do we do? And you know what? I completely agree with you. I mean, I have the same conflict. You know, I specifically took a class on Rwanda. You know, mm-hmm. when I was going to undergrad school, so I used to love Kagame, but after you know some of his tactics, you know, like opposition leader disappearing. You know, or being killed in foreign countries. You mean, you know, like uh, a blatant violation of basically human rights, if you will. Yeah. And and and, and now, not notwithstanding all the economic progress, the guy needs to make some improvement in terms of because right now he appear to be like a dictator, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so we, we we can't talk about democracy in. in, in yeah. No. No. Doesn't Rwanda. exist in Rwanda. Well, at the same time, yes, the guy has done a lot. He brought stability. But one thing we always need to to remind ourselves of is people like that can keep a lid of control. Yeah. On like that. But what happened when they leave is another. Exactly. Another. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. So I'm I'm not I'm not thinking about the Rwanda of today. Yeah. You know? Thinking about the Rwanda twenty years from now after Kagame. That's gone. true. That's true. You know because and it seems that everything is centered around him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and you know looters are always on uh, there. I mean they may come and support them, but they're just waiting. Yeah. You know. So then what happened? <laughs> I know. No, that's, that's my that's my concern. No, 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 no. And it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense because, you know, it's almost like he's created a. You know, a personality cult. Like it's all about, it's all about him. He's the only one that can solve the problems. And and then for the most part, you know, they are making progress. Like I mentioned before, you know. But the thing is, if you're not 
you know, preparing the next generation to take over. You know, it's like when you when you leave the stage, does everything leave with you? Does the progress that you've made also leave? You know, does everything just dissolve because you are not there? You know, and uh, you know, again, we can go back to our discussion on Libya. You know, Gaddafi goes and everything goes. You know, yeah. <laughs> the country goes with it. You know, so yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, right. So I think you know we need to think about we think we need to think about the future and not so much the progress that's made now. You know, which is imp- although it's important, we need to look at look at the future. You know, so so finally so on, a, on a positive note. Yes. Know, yes. What do you have? <laughs> yeah. On a positive note, we have the Confederations Cup taking place in Russia right now. Cameroon is representing Africa at the ton- the tournament. You know, and they're actually playing later today. Um, today is Sunday. They're playing later today. So, um, they just Chile, right? I think so. I think so. So, you know, just sending all our best wishes to to Cameroon. You yes. know, and uh, you know, we believe that they can win the tournament. You know, so all of Africa is behind Cameroon at the Confederations Cup games. So, yeah. so we wish them all the best, Abe. Yeah, we wish them all the best, and uh. uh one thing you know like maybe uh next week we will delve into the issue of uh maybe uh, because right now we, we don't have time you know the issue of Djibouti and Eritrea oh yeah yeah and that's another border dispute that we don't want to ignore that's but right. that's uh we'll leave that for another time we will end off the positive that yeah. you just mentioned yeah go watch, watch the confederation cup enjoy your first day sunday and uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. Back next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.